I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, July 16, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? A very narrow range trading day. The high and the low today were virtually in the same spot. Now, I say that tongue-in-cheek, but a narrow ranging day is also known as, and this is a technical term, so therefore, you might want to get out a little bit of a scratch pad. It was a chop shop we'll come back to the daily chart but let's talk chop shop for a second you know the routine right of the vertical is today's activity and the market never did a darn thing today they gapped lower under normal garden variety conditions they would have traded lower at minimum of to fill a gap here was the gap they never were able to get there it's a little odd it's a little strange They'll probably do it overnight, but there's a counter-argument to not filling the gap. We'll discuss that in a couple of moments. Let's talk range for a second. So the market goes back and forth all day long. It doesn't actually do anything. It was about a $1.50 range in the S&P 500 or the SPY all day long. So there was not much to do unless you were able to catch a top or catch a bottom. But this, and this is what you really need to pay attention to, the lesson learned here is when we see a chop shop formation and the market has no conviction one way or the other, and it is just a slow grinding chop shop going back and forth in a directionless market, there's nothing to do. It's a chop shop. This is where traders get chopped up. What exactly is chopped up? It's They're buying the market, and the market goes against them. They're selling the market, and the market goes against them. But all the market is actually doing is going back and forth in this chop shop formation. Taking a look at a different chart. Here's a 30-minute chart. We don't look at this one a lot. They're all the same. They just look slightly different. Is the 30-minute chart telling us anything different than the 10-minute chart was telling us? No. It's still a bearish, flaggish formation. Now... If in fact, let's get rid of the vertical. If in fact, the market trades up to, same routine on the hourly chart, by the way, but if the market trades up to 321.58, that would be filling the gap up north. The gap down south was 318.90. We know about that number because we've been watching that number. We knew that number yesterday, specifically inside the numbers members. They're staying away from that gap for some reason. Look what happened yesterday. The low yesterday was 319.27. The low today is 319.09. They haven't been able to push down toward the gap. So here's what that's saying. Either it's bullish and they're not going to fill the gap right now, and they're going to trade away in the northern direction. That's option number one. Option number two is they're just screwing with everybody. They took all day to put in a long-standing bearish formation, and they're going to actually do it either overnight, the thieves in the night, they'll go lower, we'll wake up to a gap down, they'll open underneath the gap, trading lower, Who knows exactly what's going to happen, but that's a possibility. It's option number two. What we need to recognize is when we see this kind of stuff, 
they miss a gap by 20 cents. That's not normal. They had every opportunity under the sun to go fill the gap. It was a choice not to fill the gap. Why did they make that choice? That's what we have to figure out. That's part of the thing that makes this a mystery novel. Did they not fill the gap because they're going to go right back up? Or did they not fill the gap because they're going to go a whole lot lower? Both are on the table. There's no way we could say with any kind of certainty one way or the other. Look at this. Let me just show it to you from this perspective. Here's the gap up north and here's the gap down south. They're spot on in the middle. So we don't know whether they're going to trade up on Friday or trade low on Friday. We'll have a better idea Friday morning, and that's really what Inside the Numbers was made for. We see what the market's doing, we get the deal of the day, and hopefully it's the correct read where when we put on a trade, it's a positive winning trade. After all, that is the objective. Back to the daily chart for a moment. Is there anything that changed on the daily chart? Is anything different than it was yesterday? Other than the fact that price finished slightly below where they were yesterday, the thing is the same. There's no change on the chart. So we don't need to rehash the daily chart stuff. Last night, we also talked about the weekly chart. We don't need to rehash the weekly chart stuff. But here's what we'll say. The weekly chart is going to be extremely important. What happens if they have an all-day jam session on Friday and they trade higher and they close above the high of the weekly breakdown candle? Guess what? That's bullish, no question about it. What happens if they don't do that? What happens if they're lower or they just don't close above the high of the breakdown candle? Well, then it's still an active potential bearish pattern being underneath the high of the breakdown candle. And there's two of them. Remember, there's one here and there's another one here. They're almost at the same price. The fact that there's two, we could say this about it. That's a really, really, really important spot. Let's take a peek at inside the numbers. Now, here's the deal. Obviously, the market was in a chop shop formation, didn't really go anywhere all day long. However, we had numbers. Numbers were important. Obviously, they didn't hit the gap, 318.90, but we were on that early in the morning. Technically speaking, theoretically speaking, under normal garden variety market conditions, they should have filled the gap. They didn't fill the gap, so sometimes we have to pay attention to what the market didn't do and why and try and use that information to our advantage. We went over that earlier. Maybe they're going to leave it alone and trade higher. Maybe they're just going to kill it into Friday. We don't know. Those are the possibilities. But when they leave a gap alone like that, it's the market's way of trying to indicate something to you. It's trying to tell us something. It's our job to see if we could figure out just what that is. So here's what I'd like you to do. Read the notes. Check out the commentary all day long. You'll see that even though we were in a chop shop formation, the commentary is beneficial. You still have your resistance numbers. You still have your support numbers. You know what happens if they're above. You know what happens if they're below. If for nothing else, it's a guideline even when nothing else is happening. Also, we know about the pivot. So early in the day, we're focused on the early pivot. 3200, 320, and you'll see the market basically traded in and around the big fat round number many, many times throughout the day. So it was, in fact, 
the pivot. Stocks on the move. We had a bunch of stocks on the move that did trigger today. We're going to take a look at the list when we're finished with the notes. You see a sneak peek. JD went on a little bit of a ride. We'll take a look at that and others in a couple of moments. Let me finish scrolling up so you can read the notes. Pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the charts. See what happened. Today was not yesterday. It was not five days ago. It was today. Today was a chop shop. It was what it was. We take what Mrs. Market gives us. We have no choice. We take the good. We take the bad. We take the ugly. Here's a little imagery. Just want everybody to get a picture of what I'm looking at while I'm looking at it. I think it helps clear things up. Sometimes I could write things. I think everybody understands what I'm saying, but there's little discrepancy with an image. You can see the bearish flaggish formation. I drew it out. It is what it is. It just wasn't ready to finish out yet, or it's going to fail, meaning the flag portion's going to fail. They're going to run up to fill the gap, and if they're doing that, there's a high likelihood that they're doing a whole lot more on the upside. We'll see what happens Friday. We'll see what we wake up to. Moving right along. You'll see a lot of the day had a lot of the same commentary in it over and over and over again. Why is that? Because the market didn't do anything. Looked like it was going to go down, went back up. Looked like it was going to go up, went back down. Chop shop formation. Just a reiteration using a different chart. Here was the hourly chart bearish pattern. It's unmistakable, yet it just wasn't ready to complete. And we know the other thing. Let's say it does complete to the downside. If it does, because we ran sideways over on top of the gap all day long, what's the likelihood that they stop at the gap if they're going to do the gap on Friday morning? It's not likely. It's actually unlikely at this point. What is more likely is that they go lower. We'll have that for inside the numbers early Friday morning as well, obviously. So there's the end of the notes. Let's go to the stocks. As you can see, it was a pretty healthy list this morning. Why is that? It's earnings season. We talked about this the other day. When it's earnings season, the trades begin to come fast and furious. So earnings season got underway for the most part this week. Next week, there's going to be a whole lot more opportunity than there even was this week. So here's the deal. Today, there was a nice little laundry list of stocks on the move. Eight total opportunities, five hit their numbers. We're going to take a look at the charts in a moment. We'll also use those for some learning opportunities. There's always something to take away and learn from every single chart. Quick note, how do you handle when there's a whole long list of stocks on the move on the board? You watch the ones that are coming close to their price targets. If something is 5, 6, 7% away at the opening bell, we're not worried about it right now. If something's 1%, if something's half a percent, if something was hovering before the opening bell, we are worried about it. First one on the board, American Airlines, AAL. Getting its haircut at the open, closing price was 13.44 yesterday, so the stock's opening lower came right into the number relatively quickly, 12.46. Spiked it by a little bit. The low is 1240. That's no big deal. And then it turned around and went back in the other direction. So the high here is 1285. Doesn't sound like a lot. However, what I purport, is that even a word? What I propose is traders take around a 1% profit on a portion of the position. This way, 
You give yourself an opportunity to take the rocket ride if it's going on one. You're participating, but you also turn these trades when you do that into a risk-free, emotionless trade because if the stock turns back down, you just get out. You get out north of or at break-even, and therefore you still guarantee yourself a profit on whatever portion you took off. Let's say you bought 2,000 shares of American Airlines at 1246. You took 1,000 shares, for example, off up around 1%. In this case, maybe it was more. Maybe it was up 20 cents. Now, the rest of it, you let go on the ride. Now, this wasn't a tremendous trade. This is what we classify as a base hit. Base hits are good. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. You just need a lot of them. They add up. That's why we come every day in uniform, ready to go. Delta looks pretty much like American. Again, not a tremendous trade. What was the high over here? 27.95. Still gave you a base hit. There's nothing wrong with base hits. You can make a living on base hits. Take my word for it. About United Airlines, it was airline day. This was a good one. What's the low of day? 34.15. What was the number on the board? 34.15. How you doing? Turns around, goes back in the other direction. What's the high? 35.38. Base hit, maybe it's a double. I think we stretch this one to a double. Royal Caribbean, crap sandwich. This is basically a scratch. It's a no trade trade, meaning it was a trade, but there was no gain on the trade. It wasn't really a base hit. It was either a loss or a scratch, but it wasn't a big loss. This was just a shit trade. We move on. It didn't work. This one did. How about JD.com? Look at this rocket ride. Number on the board, bright and early, 59.58. When this one popped up on the scanner, I was basically licking my chops. 59.58 was a spot. They're all spots, but this one can move. And when you get a stock that can move into a pretty good spot and it begins to move, it's a recipe for a rocket ride. Need I say more? Went up to 62 and change. This is definitely a double, triple, even classified, depending on how anybody might have traded it. This could be termed a home run. And it's a home run in the category of a day trade, not a swing trade, not something you were holding for a year. We're talking about holding it for an hour, minutes, a few hours. That, in and of itself, is a home run. Keep in mind, we're on the front edge of earnings season. Put your seatbelt on. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, check it out. So they're hovering on the 200 period moving average. Anything changed from yesterday? The IWM was down a little bit, but no, no change from yesterday. It's basically the beginning. Now we don't know this, but they could certainly come down and fill the gap tomorrow. But if they don't and they continue eating time off the clock, what are they doing? They're running sideways, building energy to do what? to get up to this breakdown candle high. What's the high? A buck 50. We talked about a buck 50 last night. If they run down, if it's a red market on Friday, at least in the early going, and they run down, that takes that off the table. It takes the luster away from higher prices in the immediate term. However, this is what we have today. We take the market, whatever chart we're looking at, we take it at face value on that day. We don't project. We don't say what if, we don't anticipate, that's a dirty word for traders, anticipating a move. Anticipating a move for a trader is a fancy way and a technical way of saying 
they're taking a guess. You can't do that when you guess you're actually going to be wrong more than 50% of the time. How do I know that? Because I used to guess. You used to guess. Some of you still do guess. You're wrong most of the time. I know how it works. The reason I can say that is because when we're guessing, the reason we're making a guess is we got emotionally involved in a stock, in a market, in a trade, in a chart, whatever it is. We see something taking place and we don't want to miss it. We end up with what? FOMO, fear of missing out. When you get FOMO, you end up doing things you shouldn't do because that little devil on your shoulder is tapping you saying, hey, come on, we're going to miss the game. You got to hop on board fast. So next scene shows, we hit a market order, we hop on board, we're the last tick, they turn around, they're going in the other direction, before you know it, you're down 300 bucks. Most of the time, it only gets worse from there. And what we did at the time was, we justified the trade saying, hey, it looks like it's going to do this because of this thing I'm going to make up in my head and convince my alter ego. So we jump in the trade, we take a hit, we say we'll never do it again, and then the next day, you do it again. If you follow the rules, adhere to the numbers, the stuff that's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, that won't happen. Here's the way you can get out of guessing. Think of it like this. Let's say you had to justify why you took a trade to me. Win, lose, or draw... You had to choose the story, the technical reasons behind why you took the trade. You have to explain it to me, you have to show me the chart, and I have to agree. If you do that, getting into every trade, if you say, how am I going to explain this one? Am I going to be able to explain this one, or is this really just a guess? Guess what? If you can't explain it, it's a guess, don't do the deal. There's my psych lesson 101 for the day. Anything else to discuss in the IWM? Absolutely not. Chop shop formation. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Guess what? Canary in the coal mine. Hello? Let me show you the opposite thing we looked at in the SPY. Can't see it on the daily chart. Let me bring up some other charts. How about a 15-minute chart? What does this look like? You have a move higher, and then you have basically a bullish wedge-ish thing going on. What does this tell you? This tells you under normal conditions, it's going to have a continuation move in the northern direction. Interesting stuff. Same thing on a half-hour chart or 30-minute chart. You have a breakup candle low. They ran a little bit of a test, turned around and went back in the other direction. What is this telling you? Is this bearish or bullish on its face? And we take it at face value. It's bullish. What about this one? Look at this hourly candle. Nice reversal. And then all of a sudden, you have a bullish flaggish thing going on inside of the breakup candle guess what it's telling you the same thing that the 15 minute and the 30 minute were saying you're getting confirmation across the charts 120 minute you would expect no different same routine canary in the coal mine just as a point of interest just to reiterate and this is really for the new folks the traders that have been around a long time already know this stuff the iwm is my favorite market leading indicator whether it's in the northern or southern direction and the transports are my second favorite market leading indicator, A number one canary in the coal mine. I would put the transports on a sticky note. The Qs, down day in the Qs, above all the moving averages, it's in an uptrend, but it's working off 
some of the excess, some of the bubblicious stuff that was going on as we got far away from home base. What's home base? The 20-period moving average. They've come back to home base. So technically speaking, you do have a reversal candle that hasn't changed, obviously, but technically there's nothing wrong with this market. If everything sells, then everything sells, but on its face, there's nothing wrong from a technical perspective with the cues. Nothing wrong from a daily chart perspective. What about when we look at some other charts? Here's another 30-minute chart. Why am I using 30-minute charts today? No reason whatsoever. This isn't bullish. This is bearish. It's underneath moving averages. They can't get up off the mat. It's the same routine as the SPY. But if they come up to fill this gap and jump over these moving averages on this particular chart, that's bullish behavior. They'll try and run up to this double top here on this short-term chart. Hourly chart, same routine. You can make a pretty solid case that based on the hourly chart, this is nothing other than a chop shop formation, a bearish pattern that's just doing this in this channel. Maybe it goes to the top of the channel, maybe it comes back down. But until and unless they're above here, they have no chance to run up anywhere else other than to stay in the channel. Still putting it in perspective, that's an ugly candle. This is a 240 chart. Ugly candle, big breakdown candle. Generally speaking, we're going to see a continuation move as a result of this candle. When? Well, if you've taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, think in terms of time. We know time is more important than price. And you can see based on this 240 chart, we're basically on time. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when we wake up Friday morning if time ran out Thursday at the end of the day. How about the financials? We know the routine. We're above these moving averages. It looks similar to the other markets where all of a sudden we're basically in the same spot or a similar spot that we were yesterday. So they begin to formulate another bullish flag formation. It's way too early. They can come down and fill this gap and that takes that off the table. But that's what it is today. Again, face value on that day. No projecting, no anticipating, no guessing, no shirt, no shoes, no dice. Smash Mouth, down 1% today, but it's the same story as the Qs. Nothing have changed. It's above all the moving averages. Technically, it's just a day that it was down $1.69 or 1%, but we can't make anything out of that. It doesn't give us conviction one way or the other. It doesn't change the trend. Nothing really happened. 240 chart, same thing. Big breakdown candle. This is bearish. This is telling you a lower number is coming. Where's that lower number? Well, maybe they get to, maybe they come up short, but it should be somewhere in the vicinity of the 50 period moving average. How do we know that? Because it's market symmetry. Where do you figure that out? In the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. We use market symmetry as a guideline. We use it with all the other stuff that we know, all the other stuff in our tool belt in order to give us a full stack. We need a full stack when we're taking trades, either exits or entries. We want as much of a stack as possible. What's a stack? As many things, pivots, retracements, symmetry, breakup candle lows, breakdown candle highs. We know where their support and resistance is normally going to be. We use those things to our advantage. When we have a bunch of things that line up, I like to call it a full stack. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. True, accurate information. 
We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I really wanted to cover. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.